Yo, what is the upskis, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode lucky number 13, baby. Oh, man, that's crazy. And um, yeah, in typical fashion, this is starting to become a trend. Uh, the day that I put up the podcast, uh, I record it Wednesdays really early in the morning. Right now it is 3.20 in the a.m. I just got off of work, so I, I recorded after work on Wednesday morning, whatever. And um, yeah, usually that Wednesday later on in the morning or in the afternoon, major things happen. And uh, yeah, of course, major signings happened the Wednesday right after the podcast went up. I was like, oh, that's just fantastic. It happened to me the week prior where Phil Kessel signed. Like, I swear to God, three hours after I, I put up the podcast, I'm like, Phil, you motherfucker. Why can't you guys like that's just going to be the problem with, you know, only putting up one episode of a hockey podcast per week. Uh, there's going to be news pretty much every fucking Wednesday because Wednesdays are really popular in the NHL. And there's going to be a lot more signings that are going to happen that day. So if I don't get them the day you hear it on the podcast, now you'll know why. Because I record it super early in the morning before anyone's awake or going to be doing news or signing any documents and shit like that. So let's get into... Um, yeah, we'll start with uh, last week I missed a trade, believe it or not. It was the Vegas Golden Knights acquired Aiden Hill for a fourth round pick. So San Jose acquiring the fourth, Vegas picking up Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill is a goaltender, and obviously Vegas needs a little bit of help there in the goaltender. They lost Robin Leonard for the whole season, this upcoming season. He will not be playing, which is fucking insane because... If you didn't hear it in the previous episode, Robin Leonard, uh, basically he wanted to deal with that last season, but the Vegas Golden Knights were so desperate to try and make the playoffs, they decided to keep him on the bench instead of letting him go get a surgery, and now they're paying the price for it and not going to have their starting goaltender in net. But I don't know if that's like technically a blessing in disguise or... Um, or if it's going to be really fucking bad because, I don't know, Robin Lehner hasn't really played all that well uh, since he kind of took over the job for Marc-Andre Fleury. Even when he got there, he wasn't like, he was good, but he wasn't like game-breaking good. He's he's good, but not game-breaking good, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, ever since Marc-Andre Fleury got out of there, Lehner took over the job, it seems to be like now he's very vocal about the problems in the league, very vocal about the problems of just problems. He's a very vocal guy. He likes to, you know, air it out and, and talk about what's bothering him and what's going on. And I don't have a problem with that. It's just, you know, maybe that's not what Vegas really needs right now. Maybe they just need a goalie that's going to sit there and be a goaltender and shut up and... I'm just going to always go back to, like, why did you guys get rid of Marc-Andre Fleury? That was just such a stupid thing to do, and to bring in Leonard just made no sense to me. I'll never understand why they would do something like that to Marc-Andre Fleury. They're literally, like, their first franchise guy that they got. Really, really fucking weird. I am going to be extremely interested to see what is going to happen to the Vegas Golden Knights this season, as you uh, may have heard in the last episode of the podcast, or I guess it was a couple podcasts ago where I did my predictions for the Western Conference, and I believe if I can, I fucking did the podcast and I can't even remember my predictions, but I'm pretty sure I had Vegas missing the playoffs, I don't remember, but it's going to be a tough road for them for sure, they have great defense, they have great forwards, but they're going to really have to, you know, their defense is going to have to amp it up a little bit more, I'm not saying that their goaltenders are necessarily bad, it's just unproven trist or what's their what's his logan thompson something thompson he got into a few games last year he's a young goaltender 
He looked pretty good last season. I think he even had better numbers than Lanner at the end of it all, but he didn't play as many, a smaller sample size. So the, uh, most fans for Vegas are pretty op- optimistic about uh, Thompson being their starter. Um, you know, I can't really say much as a Leaf fan. We got Matt Murray and um, Sorokin. Is that his name? No, Samsonov. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable with that as well. But the fact of the matter is, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a strong, uh, at least high-end forward group. Uh, and that top six is very, very strong. Defense on paper, honestly, looks really good. The only problem is they're the Toronto Maple Leafs defense. If you had Bobby Orr, friggin' uh, Scott Stevens, Niedermeyer, all those guys on there. For some reason, just because they're in Leaf jerseys, they just wouldn't be able to defend the front of the net for some reason. All of a sudden, they would do a spinorama back pass for no reason on the blue line at the worst time possible and lose it and get you fucking whole... I'm going to stop. I'm not going to go down that road right now. But I'm just saying, there's something... It doesn't even... Like, if we had the most elite defense for some reason in the eyes of everybody around the league and... Uh, the Leafs defense sucks, but if you look at it on paper, we have a really good defensive core, man. I'm very happy. If, if Only if, if Muzzin can stay healthy and if Justin Hall can get even like 8% back to where he was two seasons ago, then they should be okay on defense, very much so. That's just that, that goaltending. So, yeah, there was that one trade, Aiden Hill. I like the move for Vegas because it just gives them a little bit more insurance on their goaltending end. Now, I don't know what the fuck tandem they're going to go for. I don't know where Aiden Hill slots in, if, if he's going to be the backup. Do they want this guy to be the starter? I think it's going to come down to training camp and maybe the first few games to see who, who runs with it. I don't think they're going to be picking any one of the three like right out of the gate i think they're going to want to try and create a goaltender battle which is always healthy on a team except for when it's robin leonard and flurry or talbot and flurry i guess anyone with flurry they don't want to be his backup for some reason it's just like why not flurry's unreal it's not his fault that everyone likes him more than you but that's a problem for for a different team now because mark andre flurry is in minnesota okay so that was the only trade thank the lord and of course, the big big signings happened right after I stopped, or shortly after the podcast went live last week. So let's talk about. There's a, a small handful of signings, but a, a good amount of them are pretty large. So as far as I know, I left off with Eric Brandstrom last one. So let's just go for, with Montreal. Kirby Doc signs a four-year extension worth fourteen point three five million dollars. And for some reason, it's not telling me how much that comes out to per season. So let's go to a better website. There we go. Uh, So that's coming out to $3.38 million per season. Kirby Doc, you know, uh, he's only 21 years old. He plays center. Chicago got rid of him. I think there's still definitely a lot to be had in this player. Last season, he played 70 games, only got nine goals, 17 assists, and 26 points. So, yeah, not not necessarily the strongest season uh, ever for a for a, for a young player. Let's take a look at his other seasons. So, yeah, he's had a lot of injury problems. And yeah, he. Had, I mean, I guess technically it was a, it was the best season he's ever had. He's had 23 points, 10 points, but that was in only 18 games, and then 26 points in 70. So yeah, he he's still they're still clearly waiting for him to take that next jump. I guess them being the Montreal Canadiens now because like Chicago gave up on him like so fast. I think I think that's gonna really come back and bite them. I don't understand why, but giving him a four year deal that's gonna take him till he's. 25-ish, and I'm pretty sure that'll lead him to still being a restricted free agent, so that's going to be good. 
there is a little bit of risk to this signing only because he hasn't really shown that he's been able to score more than 26 points. 26 points is his highest. And yeah, he was on a horrific horrific Chicago Blackhawks team, but he's going to the Montreal Canadiens who also had a horrific, horrific season last year. So I don't know what this guy's ceiling is going to be anymore. I imagine that a change of scenery is going to be good for him. Maybe getting under the tutelage of Martin St. Louis, Thunder Thighs himself. He, we saw what he did with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki last season. Maybe he's going to sprinkle some of the thigh dust on on Kirby Doc and he can get his game going again. I would love that because I think Kirby Doc is really awesome. I said it before, but he had an interview on Spittin' Chicklets a while back. And he was very entertaining, man. He's a very nice, char- charming uh, young man, okay? I- I'm a fan of him and I-, I want him to succeed. And a four-year deal, like I said, yeah, there's a little bit of risk to it. Just, to, you know, if he never does, if he just happens to be, a- he maxes out at like 30 points, 35 points, doesn't really make it. Maybe at best he's the third line center. And, uh, you know, for 3.38, you can do worse. You can definitely do worse for a third-line center. Uh, Next up, here's one of the big ones. Timmy Stutzela. Ottawa Senators. Oh, my goodness. You guys just don't stop, eh? You guys are absolutely on fire. I have never seen them throw the money around like this in my lifetime. Eight-year deal for Timmy Stutzel. $66.8 million. Thank you very much. $8.35 million dollars per season so this kid he is a center he was taken third overall two years ago i think and very controversially so a lot of people said what the fuck are you doing ottawa and look at ottawa now signing the eight-year ticket eight million dollars per season last season 79 games 22 goals 36 assists 58 points now that does not say that does not scream eight million dollars to me only 58 points now now obviously the the thing about him is that you're buying that potential you're buying you're buying up a couple of the unrestricted free agent years which are always more expensive this is going to walk him right into his prime man he's going to be 28 maybe 29 when he comes out of this so that's going to be a little bit of a tough tough situation for Ottawa to deal with when they get out of that. A player of this caliber at 29 years old, he should as long as he go, builds up into the player that they think he's going to be. I've seen some proje- projections this season, uh, fantasy projections for Timmy Stutzel. They're expecting over 90 points out of him this season. So yeah, they're expecting him to jump the fuck up and just explode offensively this season with DeBrincat, it could very possibly happen, man. I'm not completely shocked at seeing 90 points. I think maybe 90 is a little bit much. I could see maybe 75, 80 points out of Stussel this season. That'd be a little bit more, um, I don't know, achievable, I think. I don't know. Uh, to go from 58 up to 95 points or whatever they're predicting, that is a massive fucking jump. And yeah, I think he's ready for that jump and is capable of doing a jump, but I don't know if it's going to be that big, but it would be really fucking cool, and Ottawa Senators fans would be extremely happy if Timmy Stutzel became a 90-point player the first year after he signed that big ticket. That would make them very happy, and then if he becomes a 90-point player consistently, that deal instantly is a bargain, instantly is one of the better deals in the league, and Ottawa looks like geniuses, so pretty good. You know, it. I would say it's a lower-end risk. Uh, it could look a little bad, but I mean, he's only 20. It's going to take him till he's 28, 29 max. So I think it's a very good signing for the Ottawa Senators. And hopefully we're starting to see things change here in the way that contracts are generally given out. If you didn't know, usually when you're, when you're drafted, you're giving an entry level contract, which is about three years. And then generally players will sign a bridge deal or they can sign longer term deals, but usually not for that much money. 
And then when they're like 28, 29, and their best years are possibly behind them, or they only have a little bit left, that's when they cash in. They get another big eight-year deal, and it's like fucking $65 million, and then that one ends up aging really badly and makes you look bad. And I would, if me, for if I was a GM, I would be wanting to pay a player for what, you know, their prime years, and then if you're you still have it but you and you still want to stay with this organization when you're 32 33 at the end of that big ticket then you can take a take a price uh cut and you could stay around with the team and be uh be here for the rest of your career or whatever but i'm not going to sit there and pay a guy give a guy an eight-year deal at 32 years old for what he's done for me no way i'm not doing that i'd rather trade him and just be like well i got what i, I got my money's worth out of that player that's for sure i'm not going to sit there and pay him now and then get totally fucked in three years when he fucking his production drops 80 percent ridiculous but no they do not have that risk with timmy stutzel i think he's only going to get better i could see this guy easily becoming an 85 90 point player i just don't think it's going to happen this season in particular but who knows you can shove it up my hoop and that'd be totally fine now here's an interesting one out of the montreal canadians camp as well we got caden primo the goaltender caden primo signing a three-year deal worth um, $2.67 million in total coming out to $890,000 per season. So last season, dude, he had a absolutely abysmal fucking season. 12 games, one win, 4.62 goals against average and a save percentage of 8.68. Holy fuck. So he's only 23 with, a, with with even just a small sample size of 12 games, to play that badly, that could seriously damage the mentality of this goaltender. And then they signed him to a three-year ticket, which I think is beyond unnecessary. I don't think you needed to do that whatsoever. I don't understand why they would do that. Um, makes no sense to me that, you know, they're gonna, that cap hit is very low. I'd, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I just don't understand it. It's not going to hurt them. It's a variable... Uh, salary cap it doesn't really matter but i don't know man like i i, I don't know the door the door is so fucking weird right now for for primo because that season was so fucking bad for him i don't know what's gonna happen with him into the future if he's gonna ever be able to recover from that bad of a season and the fact that the montreal canadians probably won't be very good for the next three years i would imagine it's gonna take a little bit of time for them to get back into that competitive zone again but yeah, three years. I'm confused by that. Montreal Canadiens fans out there, if you're listening, what do you think about this deal? And what do you think about the Kirby Doc deal? Because I like the Kirby Doc deal. Caden Primo one just confuses me. But again, it's it's it'll be fine. It's okay. Uh, LA Knights sign Mikey Anderson, defenseman. One year, $1 million. Very simple. 57 games last year, two goals, six assists, eight points. So yes, the, the point total is low, but that's not what this defenseman is known for. He's a very solid defensive defenseman, uh, from what I'm, uh, from what I can tell from him. I don't watch all the LA Kings games, that's for sure. I don't think I've watched an LA Kings game since they were in the playoffs, uh, winning Stanley Cups. But anyway, I hear that he's a very solid defenseman, defensive defenseman. He's still very young, only 23 years old. One-year deal. I don't know if this is like a show-me thing. I don't know how much he's going to show you guys production-wise. Maybe he gets up to 16 points this year and he doubles his production, and then he can double his salary up to $2 million. But um, no, it's a totally just fine si signing for the LA Kings. No problems with that. Uh, Evan Rodriguez. Okay, so he finally gets signed by... 
the Colorado Avalanche. My, my, my. One year, $2 million. So Evan Rodriguez had a very interesting season last year. He was on the Pens, and the Pens are known for having a ton of injuries almost every single season. Uh, it's uh, guaranteed that the major, someone major is going down for quite a bit of time, and that's what happened last season. Malkin went down, Rodriguez went into his spot, and the dude exploded. He exploded. He was so fucking good. I had him in fantasy, and he was, he was literally ranked like 30th in our fantasy. He was absolutely killing it. He was murdering. And then Malkin comes back, he goes back down in the lineup, and he goes fucking invisible for the rest of the season. Invisible. I don't know how he was able to do that, how he could be almost dominating. Like, it was insane how many points this guy was putting up. And and he wasn't even playing with Malkin or Crosby, I don't think. He was running, his, he was centering his own line. And, uh, yeah, in 82 games, he put up 19 goals, 24 assists, 43 points. And, uh, yeah, for $2 million and you're adding this guy onto a Stanley Cup contending roster, good-ass signing for the, the Colorado Avalanche. I see no problems with that. Um... Yeah, the the potential for him to, I don't know, man. Like he's such a weird player. Like he's never shown any sort of flash of this caliber in his career. Let's just see if I can click on him. No, you don't want me to click on him. Okay, that's fine. We don't need to look into his career stats. But regardless, he played for Buffalo. He didn't do very good there. He was a Leaf for a hot second. Didn't do anything there. We let him go. He goes to the Penguins. And of course he lights it up. If you ever pass through Toronto and you don't make it there and you go to another team, you're going to become a superstar. It just happens. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen every single time. Can't tell you how many fucking players I've seen come through Toronto, suck dick, and then they go somewhere else and they fucking rock. You know, I even saw Raycroft dominate us in Dallas once. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, ugh, absolutely terrible. But Evan Rodriguez, he's still only 29 years old. He's a center. So I don't know if this guy is going to necessarily be replacing Kadri. They may have that in mind, that maybe he's going to slot into that second line center role. I don't think they have that picked out for him right right now. Maybe throughout the season, if Newhook doesn't work out on that second line, if whoever the fuck else they have on there doesn't work out in that second line, Evan Rodriguez, if he can play the way that he did on the pens there for that month month or two when Malkin was out oh my this is gonna look like one of the better signings in in the league because wow only two million dollars only one year but yeah gonna be a good little signing there for the Colorado Avalanche who are looking to repeat the season and yeah uh, not a bad person to uh get in there for a replacement for Kadri no it's not a replacement full-on uh, excuse me replacement for Kadri but it's better than nothing and then last but not least, this was the last major, major signing of the week. Jordan Cairo, eight-year deal, $65 million, coming out to $8.13 million per season. The exact same contract that his buddy on his team, um, what's his name, Riley Thomas, something Thomas, Thomas, on uh, St. Louis, both got the exact same ticket. Uh, Jordan Cairo, I had him in fantasy last year. He was an excellent player. He's only 24 years old, and in 74 games last season, 27 goals, 48 assists, 75 points. So he he broke out last season, became a point-of-game player. This is the first time that he's shown that level of production in his career. He was pretty good the year prior. It's just that his ice time wasn't up to par. So now that he's getting more of that ice time, that top six minutes, some beep-beep time, a little bit of that beep-beep. Uh, yeah, he's really popped off. He's a very, very skilled player. Uh might be my favorite St. Louis Blue because 
Yeah, it probably is because I don't know. I had him in fantasy. You know, if you if you rock it on my team in fantasy and you get me a lot of points and you win me a lot of weeks, you're gonna become a favorite of mine. And 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 just because of how good you were on my on my squad, so that makes me happy. So congratulations, Jordan Cairo. I I think it's going to be a, a good signing. If you're getting a point of game player right now for eight million dollars, that's pretty good considering. And he's a Oh, like, oh, okay. I guess he's not a center. Uh, I guess that's only because in fantasy he's he's been listed as a center, left wing, right wing for the last couple seasons. So I don't know. TSN has him listed as a right winger, so I guess that's where he's playing. Again, I don't watch a whole lot of St. Louis games or none for that matter, unless they're playing the Leafs. But um, hello, baby. My kitty is coming down to see me. Um, yeah. So good signing there for St. Louis. Looking very good for them. Uh, to go uh, for the future. They got a lot of their bigger guys signed. Yes, they have some big ones coming up at the end of this season, the Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. Tarasenko has been having a lot of ups and downs with the St. Louis Blues over the last couple seasons. Uh, asked for a trade out. Uh, dominated, had a good season with St. Louis, had a nice little playoff run. Apparently, or I don't know if he's ever actually rescinded that trade request. I don't know if he still wants to be traded or not. I have no idea, dude. If you had a 40-goal season, I'd probably want to stay put, but I'm not Tarasenko. I don't know what he's thinking. And then Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, that guy is very, very important to the St. Louis Blues. He's an incredibly uh, gifted two-way forward, one of the better two-way centers in the game, uh, selkie candidate, solid point producer, leader, great guy. Uh, love Ryan O'Reilly, really cool player. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see what's going to happen with St. Louis, if they're going to be able to sign any of these. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's or, or Tarasenko's, one of them, both of them going to get traded. I have no idea. It's going to be very interesting for season for the St. Louis Blues as well. All right, so let's go around to a little bit of news from around the league this week. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with my boy Kadri. He donated $1 million to the London, Ontario Hospital. That was a very, very generous donation from Kadri. If you didn't know, he's from London, Ontario. He was born there, played for the London Knights, grew up uh, being a Leaf fan, and then became a Leaf. And now he is not a Leaf. He is very much so not a Leaf. He is now a Calgary Flame. And yeah, um, London, Ontario is not in Calgary. It, I. I you know, maybe some people were a little confused, like, why can't you give a million dollars to the Calgary Hospital? It's, uh, he can do whatever the fuck he wants with his money, okay? Okay? And uh, maybe he will donate a million dollars at some point. It's it's no big deal. And uh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't write this one down, but it actually just popped in my brain. Uh, apparently, Huberto showed up at some uh, country music awards or something in uh, Calgary, and the crowd apparently went banana for him. So I think Huberto is going to be absolutely adored in Calgary this season. They're going to go fucking crazy for him unless he has an absolutely disastrous season. Then it's going to get a little quiet around Huberto. But right now, man, that guy might be the most popular bitch in Calgary right now. Like, people were going absolutely crazy just at the sight of this man. And they all know him. You know, Canadian fans, they all know their hockey players. So they saw him. They're like, oh my God, it's Huberto. And uh, I have no idea if he's a country music fan. I would, I would like to think that maybe he isn't a country music fan but you know he was there so there's a good chance that he is a country music fan and that kind of upsets me i don't hate country music i like it it's just got to be in the right mood the right setting and my problem is that i get forced to listen to country music at work every monday in a setting i do not want to fucking listen to country music do you do, what, what that doesn't hype me up the only time i want to listen to country music is if i'm camping and uh, i'm drinking a bunch of cures light and shit like that and i got a, i got a wife beater on some jean shorts or something i don't know 
not too often, but I do, I will say, I absolutely love my girl, Shania Twain. She is my girl. I love her. Uh, please marry me and uh, give me all of your money. That would be phenomenal. But, yep, Kadri donated $1 million. Very good of him to do that. Very, very generous. Uh, maybe next time you could donate $1 million to the GX Podcast Donation Fund. Uh, that would be phenomenal, Kadri. Next up, you got Matthew Perot. He is retiring from the NHL. Uh, interesting player. Not not the greatest player. Just a solid to you know middle six. An okay player. He had flashes of being really good. Uh, or, or, I don't know, decent. I don't really know. I just Matthew Perot retires. Uh, congratulations on your career. And uh, what's what am I trying to say here? Uh, good luck in your future endeavors. There you go. I got it. Okay, and then from Montreal Canadiens news, you guys must like this one, Nick Suzuki, named Montreal Canadiens captain. So, sorry Brendan Gallagher, you are not going to be named a new captain, I think it's the right thing to do to give it to Nick Suzuki. Now there's a lot to unpack with Nick Suzuki being the captain. He's young, he's only 24 years old as far as I can remember, Um, he's a very good I don't, I'm not going to say elite yet. He's a very good two-way center in the game. A lot of people believe that he can become one of the best in the game at two ways, uh, uh, in the two-way center, maybe a Selkie candidate in the future. I don't watch enough Montreal Canadiens games or Nick Suzuki to notice that. I actually have never realized that he was that uh, well-liked in his two-way game. I always thought he was more of a, just a very talented um what do you call it? skilled forward but uh yeah no it's really nice to hear that he is solid on the two-way game like players like that i don't want a player that's only focused on pure offense defense is very important as well and um yeah the fact that he's not a francophone which means he doesn't speak french um the, but there's potential that he could learn it i think the montreal canadians fans and montreal in general can just can you just fucking relax okay you guys think you're so fucking much better than everybody in the world just because you go <laughs> fuck you i'm french too i don't speak it but i don't think that i'm better than everybody just because i can fucking speak a different language and i like a baguette every now and again fuck that shit and, you know, I think, honestly, it's it's made the Montreal Canadiens organization limited. It, if you're only able to hire francophone coaches, francophone GMs, francophone this and that, you're limiting yourself majorly to a very small, very tiny kitty pool of of. of people that are qualified to that to that standard and i just don't think it's all that fucking important if it's that important hire a translator he'll tell the people what the fuck he wants to say in french and then deal with it and then maybe you guys will be successful again because stop hiring french guys like the french guys aren't aren't what what i know french canadians were dominating hockey for the most part of the better half of the century but those days are pretty well done now. When we don't see a whole lot of guys out of the QMJHL uh, becoming first overall picks anymore. It's mostly a lot of Americans are coming in now. Europeans are starting to take over. The WHL and OHL have always been strong, but the QMJHL not as much over the last little while. I know. Uh, I think Crosby was playing in there and Ramuski. Other guys have, of course. Of course, there's still players coming out of the QMJHL. I'm just saying it's not to the. St- 
to, to the levels of what other places are. And I think it's only going to continue the drop because the USA is becoming an absolute fucking powerhouse. And honestly, Europe has always been really strong. It's just that the scouting over there hasn't been all that good. So now that the scouting's getting better, they're starting to, to uncover more and more amazing European players, which is great. Okay, so I completely have forgotten what I'm talking about. Ah, oh, Nick Suzuki. Okay, that's that's I got way off a of track there. So him. Okay, yeah. Okay, no, never mind. I know what I'm talking about. I'm good. I'm okay. Um, him being the captain, I'm down with that. Gallagher even came out and said that that Suzuki is the heart of the team. He's the he's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the he's the straw that broke the camel's back. Whatever fucking saying you want to go with. Uh, they believe in Suzuki. I think I think I'm fine with it. Suzuki is a very good player. He's locked in for a long time. Uh, I don't think that honestly. I think the captaincy is a little bit overblown. Yes, it's extremely prestigious for a team such as the Montreal Canadiens because there's so much lineage behind the Montreal Canadiens as a as an organization, as the team history. There's so much going on there, and so many incredible legends have been captains of the Montreal Canadiens organization. But I think the 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 amount of importance that they put on the captaincy, I don't th- I think it's a little bit overblown. Like your only real responsibility is that you're able to to talk to referees. Okay, that's not really a responsibility I would even want. Um, other than that, you're a very you're a loud, uh, not always loud. You know, John Tavares is a, a quiet leader. He's a very quiet leader. He leads by example, which is fine. Not everybody likes that. My wife thinks he's a fucking terrible leader. And I tell her he is actually, well, you know, he's a great leader in the way that he is able to show he shows you how to be a leader instead of telling you now me i would rather have someone lead me by example than just telling me how to do it and why to do it when to do it all that shit i get a lot more out of someone that will sit there do it with me and show me it and and work with me instead of just telling me to do it and then leaving fuck off not 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 what i like but i think it's cool for the montreal canadians to have him he's he's young he's obviously going to be there for a long time he's going to be very important to them for a long time so nick suzuki congratulations on becoming the new montreal canadians captain that's that's really fucking cool and on top of 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 captains uh, let's talk about some teams that don't have any captains because i think this is kind of interesting so the calgary flames do not have a captain so it, it appeared to be that Matthew Kachuk was to be groomed to be the next captain, and then he went right fucked off to Florida. So, wanted to get the hell out of Calgary, so no captaincy for Matty Kachuk in Calgary. So, who should be the captain in Calgary? Should it be one of the defensemen? Should it be Tanev? Would they give it to Markstrom, the goaltender? Because that's always gone well in history when, when goaltenders become captain. Remember when Roberto Luongo became captain in Vancouver and how fucking good that went? It didn't go well. I'll tell you that right now. It did not go well. The uh, the amount of pressure added to Luongo's already immense amount of pressure that he had being the goaltender in Vancouver, it was a fucking disaster. It was that they couldn't have stripped that C off of him fast enough. Like, oh my God. Yeah, not... not not a great idea to throw it on goaltenders they don't need all that extra bullshit on on them they have enough to think about to have this vulcanized little piece of rubber flying at them 30 plus times a game anyway calgary flames not having a captain they haven't had a captain since fuck has it been since jerome Ginla? there's no way no i mean giordano what am i thinking giordano was their last captain so yeah it's been a couple years now and is it going to be Elias Lindholm? Would they give it to Huberdeau? He's brand new. I don't. I don't think that would really fly uh, to give him the captaincy like that right away. 
There's other guys, uh, like I said, Tanev would be, a, he's a really solid leader for them. Would, would, a, would a Lindholm or um, what's that other guys, Hannafin maybe? I don't know. You Calgary fan, Calgary Flames fans out there, who do you guys, who would you pick as your Calgary Flames captain? Do you think it's someone that's not on the team yet? Do you think they're going to trade for somebody and name him captain? Maybe P.K. Subban gets signed and they name him captain for some fucking reason. Wouldn't that be wild? Um yeah, so the Flames not having a captain, it's a little bit more interesting only because they're the only team uh, on this list of teams with no captain that I would consider to be a playoff-bound team. Uh, I mean, the Leafs have gone into the playoffs with no captain. Other teams have gone into the playoffs with no captain. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think the Calgary Flames would prefer to have a captain going into the season uh, only because... They probably see themselves as contenders, and I think it would be a little weird just just for happen case the Flames happen to win the cup this season, and they have no captain to go grab it first. Then there's going to be that little bit of an awkward like, oh, you go, no, you go, no, you go to the assistant captains, and then like fucking random guys just going to go and grab it. I don't know, but that's that's that. Who do you guys think should be the captain of the Calgary Flames? Other, another team without a captain is the Arizona Coyotes. I think it's pretty obvious who should be the captain here. It should be Clayton Keller. Uh, without question, he's he's a center. He's signed in long term. He had a solid season last year on, on the, one of the worst teams of all time. Uh, I, I think that would be my clear-cut uh, selection. Chukrin, I don't think you could put the captaincy on that guy with all the trade rumors swirling around him. Um it just seemed to be a little bit weird, but again, like you guys can absolutely chime in, chime in on any of this stuff. Who do you think should be the Arizona Coyotes captain? Me personally, I think it should be Clayton Keller. I think that just makes the most sense to me. Anaheim Ducks also do not have a captain because there's recently retired. Ryan Getzlav has been the captain for a very long time, and now it's um. I think now would be uh, a time to maybe just sit back a little bit, no rush to name anybody captain just yet. Who could it be? You know, I would have put it on like, um, fuck, what's his name? Josh Manson, if he was still there, maybe he's he's been there for a very long time. Lind, uh, fuck, what's what's his name? The one that just got traded to Boston. Is it is his name Lindholm? Elias? No, no, what's his name? Ah. Uh... I don't remember, but the fucking guy that just... Anyway, all the guys that aren't on Anaheim anymore should have been the captain. So who's left? There's like Silverberg. He's been there for a long time. Cam Fowler would be a pretty good one. He's been there for a very long time. Cam Fowler would probably be... Probably be... I would go Cam Fowler. If they're not going to put it on Zegris... Now, me personally, I don't think you want to put it on Zegris just yet. He's very, very young. And I don't want to be a dick about it and just say, I'm just going to say he's a little bit immature. Not in a bad way. I think he's very funny. He's very, again, a very charming, funny young man. I really like him. But do I see him right at this moment, maturity level-wise, being the captain of the Anaheim Ducks? Eh, I think there's just no rush for it. I just think there's no need for it. Uh, But I could absolutely see 100% Trevor Zegers being the captain of the Anaheim Ducks one day. But what about Mason McTavish? Like, what about that young man? What if he comes into the league uh, this season and just lights it the fuck up and he becomes the captain one day? So Anaheim's another interesting team. Like I said, a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams probably won't be making the playoffs. Anaheim maybe makes it. I don't know. Someone's got to squeak in there out of the West. And Anaheim looked pretty good last season. But um, yeah, they had a little bit of turnover. So I don't, I don't really know. They don't have Getzlav anymore. So it might be a little bit rough for them this season. Buffalo Sabres also do not have a captain, and a lot of people would like Alex Tuck 
to be the captain. He's from Buffalo. He loves Buffalo. He actually wanted to come to Buffalo. So I think you should. I think it makes sense to make him the captain. He is. I I really like Alex Tuck, man. He's a very good player. He was one, probably my favorite player in Vegas. While uh, besides like Mark Andre Fleury, uh, I really really liked Alex Tuck, man. I just wanted him to stay healthy. Uh, when he got to Buffalo last season, he lit it the fuck up. He fit right in. He almost like it almost seemed like the whole team had a whole turnaround once Alex Tuck got there. So I can see him being named captain. That would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I will not say Jeff Skinner. No, Kyle Acapozo, Like he would be a it would be nice to see him as captain, but I think assistant captain role for him is very good. It's a very, he's a veteran player. He's mature. And, uh, I think he, uh, his veteranship would be, be a, makes for a great leader. Um, fuck. What am I talking about right now? <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, also Owen power might be coming in. What about Darlene? Do you think, are they going to name that kid captain one day? Uh, I think personally I would pick Alex Tuck. It makes the most sense. He's from Buffalo. He loves Buffalo. And I think he would want nothing more to lead that team to the promised land for the first time or even just get them back to the fucking playoffs. Whatever. Just get them back into something. Get them successful again for, for, for fucking once. Philadelphia Flyers also do not have a captain right now. Obviously, Claude Giroux got traded last season. He was their longtime serving captain. There's a few guys on this team that I could see being Captain Couturier. Uh, I think should should probably be their their main guy that they look at. He's a very very important player to them. Very very good solid two way center. Can put up the points. Can defend. I think it's a no-brainer to go with Sean Couturier. He kind of looks like Giroux a little bit, got orange hair. So it would be a little bit of a, not that um, intensive an adjustment for the Flyers fans to make. So I could see that going down. Who else is on that team that could, I mean, Ryan Ellis, but he's played four minutes on that team so far, and he's probably going to play only another seven minutes this season. So don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. I would totally understand them putting on Ristolainen because they love him so much. So they'd probably just throw the C on him just because... Someone loves, I don't know why they love him so much, but go ahead. So I can see him being named captain, but no, seriously, I think they should give it to Couturier. He's the long, probably, I think the longest serving flyer on the team currently. Maybe Kevin Hayes. I, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Hayes, but I think, I think no brainer would be Sean Couturier. They, they, I, I would give it to him right now, right now, just cause he's fucking awesome. Just needs to stay healthy this season. And then the last team that does not have a captain is the Seattle Kraken. Um, pretty understandable. I, I, was was Giordano not the captain when he was there? Oh, I guess not. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, fuck, who could be the captain on that team? I mean, I definitely don't think there's any rush to name a captain for them. Trying to think about who's on that team. They got Matty Berniers. He's very young could potentially be the captain for them one day Shane Wright could be the captain for them one day who knows man there's um like I said this is a team that definitely does not scream need a captain do we need a captain right now no not really I think what they need is to get Pooh Bauer back into uh some sort of respectable NHL goaltender numbers because he was so fucking dis disgraceful last season man I actually just despise that player now because of how bad he was on my team last year. That's another thing that can happen. If a player performs so badly for you in your fantasy team and you're kind of fucking stuck with them because I picked them so high and there's just zero other goaltenders to go with and I made my bed and I had to sleep in it, yeah, I kind of have a little bit of a beef right now with Grubauer. He ruined Seattle's fucking season last year. Yeah, they probably weren't going to be that good, but they shouldn't have been that goddamn bad because he was a disgrace. If you look at his goals... 
uh, saved above expectancy. He was like negative 35. He was fucking terrible. He couldn't stop anything last year. It was so fucking brutal. I could not believe the game that I that won. The, I watched a handful of Seattle games last year because I, I wanted to try and get into them. I was excited. And just watching Grubauer just suck the life out of that team, letting in some of the most disgraceful, brutal goals I have ever seen go in a net. Oh, God, it was just so deflating. Like, I got deflated watching it. I was like, I can't watch this shit, dude. Like, Grubauer's depressing me to watch. Like, it's it's that bad. He's that bad of a goaltender. I just, uh, he's got to get it back somehow, man. There's no way he's going to be that bad again. But, fuck, he just might be. I don't know, man. All right, so let's get into the big topic for this episode. If you haven't seen it in the uh, title of the video, or the, sorry, the podcast. It's not a video, you goddamn idiot. I am going to do my prediction for the NHL awards this year. Yeah, it's a little early, but I don't really give a fuck. I want to get them out there before everyone else gets theirs out there, so I'm not influenced by their decisions, and and other people won't be like, oh, you just said you just put his stuff, whatever. No, I'm going off of my own instincts, going off of what what I think. So I'm I'm going to skip some of the the, the like leadership award trophies. I'm just going for like the ones that that you know, the big ones, the big ones. So. Let's get into this, man. Let's start off. Let's kick it off with the Jack Adams Award. So that is the coach of the year and three coaches that I think could be in contention for it. I'm just having a little fun here. I'm just having a little fun. Don't take it too goddamn seriously. Don't don't, don't pull over and fucking beat someone up just because I, I said that these guys could potentially win an award. Okay? Just take it easy. All right? All right? All right? Okay? Okay. So let's get into it. Jack Adams Award coach of the year. Here's three coaches that I think could very well get nominated and I'm going to pick one. I have three nominations for each award here except for the last two. And um yeah, I'm going to pick th- I'm going to have three people and then I'm going to pick one that I think will win it. So, Jack Adams, DJ Smith, Ottawa Senators. How do you like that? How do you like that, Ottawa? Oh, I bet you didn't see that one coming. Who saw me picking DJ Smith? I think he's a pretty good coach, man. I think he's a pretty okay coach. Uh, if he can get those Ottawa Senators into a playoff spot this year, I can see a nomination maybe getting thrown his way. So I'll say DJ Smith, John Tortorella. Okay, hear me out. F- Philadelphia is a really fucking weird situation. They're a weird organization. For a long time, they've been in uh, in the playoffs, out, in, out, in, out. And then just recently, they went out and then out again. So... It's changed in Philadelphia. The formula has changed. They missed the playoffs instead of making it. Or maybe they got too complacent. They're like, oh, we missed last year. We're going to make it. And then they had like one of the worst seasons ever. And they didn't make it. So they're like, oh, God, it's not happening anymore. So like, what's going to happen? Is Tortorella going to come in there? Because apparently in the media, he's already come out and just said like, this team needs work. We got a lot of work to do here. The locker room's fucked up. This is fucked up. We're not even thinking about playoffs like what are you even talking about and then Joel Edmondson from Montreal he was interviewed earlier this week and he said we absolutely want to be competitive we want to make playoffs and everyone around the league giggled a little bit because like Montreal Canadiens making the playoffs this season yeah right but I mean two years ago they're in the Stanley Cup Finals so who knows um 
yeah, can John Tortorella come in there and is he going to crack the whip so hard that it just straightens all the backs in the Philadelphia locker room, gets everybody's fucking ass on fire, and then they make the playoffs somehow. Carter Hart has an amazing season. Ryan Ellis somehow magically heals and doesn't miss a whole game. Ristolainen becomes an analytical darling? Maybe. I have no idea. But... Tortorella, man, he's a he's a good coach, so maybe he can do something crazy over there in Philadelphia. I think he's going to have a lot of fun over there screaming at people like like a psychopath like he used to in Tampa Bay. And then I'm going to go with Bruce Cassidy, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, newly signed coach there for Vegas. Shockingly got fired from the Boston Bruins. I don't think he was the problem. But uh, it's 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 kind of known out there that Bruce Cassidy is not a young players coach. He doesn't like dealing with young players. He doesn't tend to do well with young players. He does not develop young players well. He doesn't use young players very well. And that's okay because Vegas doesn't have a lot of young players. They trade all them some bitches away. Traded every young player they have away pretty well. I don't even know if they have a prospect over there in Vegas anymore. I think they're all gone. But uh, yeah, dude, I think Bruce Cassidy could. He's a very He's a, he's a coach known for getting the most out of his team. So he can squeeze that, that fucking orange until there's nothing left, apparently. That's, that's the rumor. That's what they say about Bruce Cassidy. Now that he was, he was a Boston coach, I didn't want to know a fucking thing about him. But now that he's not a Boston coach, maybe I can learn a thing, a thing or two about him. So, And who do I pick for the Jack Adams Award? I'm going to go with Bruce Cassidy. That's uh, the strongest team. He's a strong coach. I think he's going to do very very well over there in Vegas this season I think he's gonna have a very good time with some of the toys that he's got over there okay Frank J Selkie this goes to the player uh to that demonstrates the the best uh defensive aspects of the of the game as a forward so my three nominations for the award this year is obviously Bergeron that's like a free square he's almost always going to be in that nomination Alexander Barkov, and I'm going to give my third nomination to Philippe Deneau. I think Deneau is a little underrated. He is, I think he should be getting the Selkie votes over over, Corp- over Kopitar in LA. Kopitar just gets more point, points than Deneau. I think Deneau should have very well maybe won it last year. The, the season that he had, he exploded for like 30 goals. He's a defensive dynamite, dynamo. He's very, very talented defensively. Uh, yeah, dude, I can see him starting to get into those uh, nominations much more often. And very well, he could very well win one in his career. We'll just have to wait and see. So who do I pick this season to win the Frank J. Selkie? I will pick Berge Barkov. I'm going with Barkov. I'm sorry, Bergeron, I'm not going to pick you. I don't like you. Well, I do like you, but you're, Bru- you're Bruin, so I'm not going to pick you. And you've won like 18 of them, so give it up. Let's give it to Barkov. I think he's even won it, but I don't care. Barkov is the man. Ted Lindsay Award. I believe this is the one that goes to the best player as voted by the NHL players. So your peers vote uh, for the best player. So my nominees are going to be McDavid, Matthews, and Makar. So I've been learning a bit about Makar over the last little while and hearing things about him so often so regularly now on numerous podcasts that this guy is some of them even argue that he is the best player in the game right now which blows my mind it's like dude mcdavid is in the league how can you say mccarr is better than mcdavid like is is that is that is that really like i don't know man i haven't watched enough of kale mccarr to really to know that but 
Carr is a very fucking good defenseman, man. He is so good. He is so young still, and he's only going to get better. He could very well become a 100-point defenseman. He could become the closest thing that we have seen uh, to Bobby Orr since anybody. Like, this guy seriously is that fucking good. Got the cup last year. He got the... I'm pretty sure he won the fucking Conn Smythe too, did he not? He got the... He got the... the Norris last year he and oh my god he's still so young he is dominant he is so good and people say that he's the best player on the avalanche and like I said some people think that this kid is the best player in the game right now I think that's a little bit much I will say that he is very 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 good and very very impressive as a defenseman uh Ted Lindsay between McDavid Matthews and McCarr who do we pick I mean I am expecting a lot out of McDavid this season, so I'm going to go ahead and pick McDavid because I think he's going to have a brain-melting type of season. Okay, so the heart goes to the MVP of the league in the regular season, so I'm going to have McDavid, Matthews, and Shishirkin. Uh This is a tough one. This is tough. Um, Matt Matthews won it last season, so I'm going to go... Uh, McDavid, man, he, it's, it's, you know, it's really difficult. I mean, McDavid obviously should get heart and I think Dreisaitl should be getting it more often as well. Cause he is a very, very good as well. But McDavid is, McDavid can take over a game. He can like with will, he could take over a game at any moment. He can just bust through your whole team, score a highlight real goal, shove it up your hoop, win the game five, four and overtime. And that's it. McDavid wins Edmonton a lot of games that maybe they wouldn't have won without him. Matthews, I mean, same thing. He scores a lot of goals for us. He, he, he's very, very, very valuable. And then of course Shesterkin, are, are arguably the best goalie in the league right now. He absolutely put up just stupid numbers last season in the regular regular season. Dumb numbers. Won the Vesna, outshined uh, Vasilevsky. In the, in the regular season. Had a good run in the playoffs as well. You know, had a couple down games, but for the most part, he played very, very well in in the playoffs as well. So, Hart, I'm going to also go with McBaby. Only because, I don't know, it just seems that way with the league that they wouldn't pick Matthews two years in a row. If he hits like 65, maybe if he hits 70 goals, he can take that hard. But I'm expecting like 135 plus points out of McDavid. And I don't know how you don't give a guy with that many points the heart. Calder Memorial Trophy. This goes to the rookie of the year. So three rookies that I have my eye on for this season is obviously Mason McTavish. Uh, this kid could very well fucking light the league up. The way that he lit up the World Juniors, he scored like 18 points in seven games or some shit. Like it, he had he just a monster performance over there in the World Juniors. He played a little bit last season in the Anaheim Ducks, not enough to uh, take away his rookie status eligibility, whatever the fuck. So Mason McTavish, I definitely have my eye on this kid. Owen Power could very well be playing with the Buffalo Sabres this season. I think he is going to be, so I'm very excited to see what he's going to be able to do on that blue line. You're going to have a couple of young studs there on the blue line in Buffalo with Darlene and Owen Power. Uh, the potential and um, everything is very, very high on Owen Power. A lot of people are very high on this kid. They think he's going to be a very, very good defenseman. Just going to have to wait and see, man. I haven't seen him yet, so I I'm excited to see him get on some NHL ice and see what he can do. 
And then the last guy that I'm going to select for uh, the Calder race this season will be Kent Johnson out of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, he had a very good World Juniors himself. And uh, yeah, I think he could be very solid for the Columbus Blue Jackets this season as well. I believe he is a center, so they may be using him as a center option this season. They're pretty weak down the middle, so good chance he can get in there. And who do I think is going to win this one? I'm just going to pick Mason McTavish. I was just so blown away by how good he was and the and how dominant he looked playing. I know he was only playing against boys, but I think he can take that and translate that pretty well to the NHL. I think he's going to have a very solid first year in the NHL, man. Keep your eye on this Mason McTavish. He's uh could be fucking legit. Could be a very good steal in a fantasy draft, you know what I'm saying? The Vesna Trophy. This trophy goes to the goaltender who was the best goaltender, the best goaltender in the league. So my three nominees are going to be Vasilevsky, Shishchirkin, and Sorokin because Sorokin got fucking absolutely, um, what's that, shelled last season? Or no, what's I don't fucking know the word that I'm looking for. He wasn't given the respect on how good of a season he had. Yeah, the Islanders were bad, but he was excellent. And I think he should have gotten more of a nod. And I think this year he's going to be even more fired up. I think the Islanders are going to win some more this year. So may get some more looks over there for Sorokin. I really hope so. Shostirkin, we know all about him. Going to be looking to repeat as the Vesna uh, winner. And then obviously Vasilevsky. Been the best goaltender in the league for quite a while now. Shostirkin is... Um, kind of prodding and poking at Vasilevsky's ass right now on the top of that mountain and he's saying move the fuck over buddy it's it's my turn now and I think Vasilevsky is going to be very very fired up this season to get back and get that Vesna back so I am picking Vasilevsky to win the Vesna this season because I think he's going to be fired up I think Tampa's going to be fired up even though they're going to be tired that team is disgusting they're a bunch of warriors on that team they have a winner's mentality I don't think they're going to be stopped until their fucking legs fall off Vasilevsky is a mutant. I think he's been hearing this shit all summer long. Oh, Shostyrkin's the best goalie. Oh, Vasilevsky. Oh, no, he's not the best no more. Now they got Shostyrkin. Shostyrkin, Durkin. He's going to explode this season. He's going to get 97 shutouts. He's going to fucking... He's going to score eight goals. Vasilevsky is going to win the Vesna this season. That is my prediction. What do you guys think? What do you think about Sorokin? Do you think that's out of... I did. I was going to put Helibyuk, but um, I don't know. I think that... I don't know. I was just too... Uh, was too unsure with the Winnipeg Jets team overall. Hellebuyuk is a very, very good goaltender, but if that team can't get it together in front of them and they still don't have the best defense over there, so I decided to put in Sorokin over Hellebuyuk. But still going with Vasilevsky to win the Vesna this season. That's what I'm saying. Norris Trophy. This is for the best defenseman in the league. Going to go with the three nominees that they that they had last season because I don't know who else I would pick other than maybe Adam Fox. But going with Makar, Hedman, Yossi. Don't know how you can go wrong with those three those three nominations. Hedman is just so fucking good, so consistent, so important to the to the to the Tampa Bay Lightning's. Uh, just everything like he I would think he's arguably the straw that stirs the drink there in Tampa Bay because when he's not in there they look very different very different he he eats all the big minutes there he's huge he's physical he blocks he scores he passes he's an amazing defenseman he can do it all probably my favorite defenseman in the league man I love Victor Hedman Kale McCarr I mean 
He won it last season. He had an insane season. And then Roman Yossi damn near had fucking 100 points last season. I thought arguably he should have won it just because of how fucking insane that season was. But I, 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 I would have been happy with any of these three guys winning it. So I'm just going to go with Makar again to win it because I think this kid is only scratching the surface of what his full potential is going to be. I think he could very well hit 100 points. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we haven't seen the best out of Makar just yet. And uh, Yossi, I don't think he's going to hit the the levels of points that he hit last season, but uh, I still think he's going to be well about 85. He could very well hit 90 again. And Victor Hedman should easily be good for at least point a game. But I think it's just the 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 importance and how solidly and how good he is defensively is uh, just always going to keep him in there in that nomination area. And Makar too as well. Like people may think that he's not that good defensively he is very good defensively he's very solid in his own end uh considering how good he is offensively uh that's why he is considered to be one of the best in the game because there's not a lot of defensemen out there that can put up the points that he does and also play to the level that he does on the defensive end so i'm gonna go with kale mccarr for the norris i know it's a bit of a chicken shit uh pick but i can't deny how good mccarr is man he's fucking good all right, baby. Here we go. The Rocket, Rocket, Maurice Rocket Mouchard goes to the player who scored the most goals in the season. So my three nominees may piss off a couple people, but going to go with Austin Matthews. Obviously, that's kind of your free square. Kyle Connor and Leon Dreisaitl. Yes, yes, I know. I'm not picking Ovechkin. I think he'll be up there, man. No doubt he'll be up there. But I think it's just, you know, these guys are younger uh i know ovi is a different breed of human he just doesn't seem to stop but uh and i i think he could still hit 50 goals this season i don't think he's fucking done yet but um i'm thinking matthew's gonna be up in that 60 area as well i think kyle connor is gonna finally emerge and get that 50 plus goal season he has been so fucking good so fucking underrated as a goal scorer he is incredible best player in winnipeg by in my opinion he is by far the best so fucking good not talked about enough and then Leon Dreisaitl's just a goal-scoring machine. Um, this is a tough... I don't know. It's not that tough for me. I'm going to pick Matthews on this one without question. He is... As long as he stays healthy, should be able to score 60 goals again. Um, yeah, I think as long as he can keep that healthy thing going, he should be fine. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee him to hit 60, but I think a guarantee of 50, as long as he's, as, as long as he's healthy, I think a guarantee of 50 is, is safe to say for him. He is disgustingly good. He scored 50 and 50 last year, man, so... Yeah, doesn't that does not happen these days. That doesn't that's not a thing that happens. So Austin Matthews will win the Rocket Richard trophy again. And I'm also gonna shout out David Pasternak should be up in there. And maybe Philip Forsberg, if he can stay healthy, he has a lot of trouble staying healthy. So gonna throw those guys in there as well, obviously. Ovechkin. If he wins it, won't be surprised. Will not be surprised. I'd be a little surprised, but not that surprised. Art Ross. So this goes to the player with the most points overall at the end of the year. So nominations, Free Space, McDavid, Free Space, Dry Seidel, and then the one. Third nomination, this was the only one that I could really have fun with. And I'm going to go with Nikita Kucherov. Yes. So he hasn't been exactly Nikita Kucherov for, <clears throat> oh no, last season and a half there. Just because he's been going through a lot of injuries. But he's still Nikita Kucherov. I think he's going to be fully healthy this season, and he's going to play a fully healthy season. I can see him hitting 115, 120 points, no problem. Kucherov is downright fucking disgusting. Not a whole lot of turnover over there in Tampa Bay. Yes, they lost Palat, but they still have their their strong, ridiculously strong core. 
great defense. Yes, they lost Ryan McDonough, but defense is still fucking insane. So, yeah, gonna I'm going to throw in Kucherov on there. No, I don't think he's going to win it. Obviously, it's going to be McDavid, but how many points do you think he's going to get? Hmm. I went way overboard last season with my prediction. I think I had him at 150 points last season. Didn't quite hit that, so I'm going to go and say this season McDavid will hit 138 points. What do you think about that? 138 points for Connor McDavid in a fully healthy season. I want to see it done, McBaby. Scoring just keeps going up. McDavid's points just keep going up. He seems to just keep getting better and better. So why not hit 138 points? Fucking McDavid, Art Ross winner again. But as a dry cycle, I think 120, Kucherov 115 to 120. I think that's that is doable for those players as long as they're healthy. That goes for goes to say for pretty much anybody. Stay healthy, probably have a better season than if you weren't healthy. So yeah. President's Trophy. Yes, we're going to do a couple of the team ones, obviously including the Stanley Cup. President's Trophy. So three teams that I think could be in the, the President's Trophy conversation. Florida Panthers. They won it last season. Not a lot of turnover from their team. Well, I mean, I guess a little bit, but mostly just trade li- trade deadline acquisitions left. So they're still going to be pretty much a great team. Yes, they lost Huberdeau. Yes, they lost Uyghur. But they added in uh, Kachuk. So... They're going to be a little bit harder to play against in that way, the physicality side. Yeah, I could still see them being in there. Colorado, I mean, form, uh, Stanley, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions, I could see them being in that President's Trophy race, no doubt, no doubt. And then I'm going to throw in the Edmonton Oilers. What do you think about that one? That one might be a little bit off the board, but I think Edmonton's going to have a real nice season. If Jack Campbell can find what he was doing there that first season that he played in Toronto where he was like fucking absolutely insane goaltending if he could play like that again Edmonton's gonna be winning a lot of games because a lot of the games that they lost last year was from bad goaltending bad defense so if they tighten up the defense a little bit Jack Campbell plays like Jack Campbell was when he first got to Toronto it could be a very, very good season for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I don't think they're going to actually win the President's Trophy. I just think it's fun that I think they could be up there, man. I think they're going to be a very good team this year. But I am going to go with... I don't know, man. I don't... I'll go with fucking Florida or something. I don't know. I don't know. I can't... I'm not going to pick Florida. I'm going to go Colorado. Fuck it. Colorado is going to win the President's Trophy because why not? I don't want to do that to Florida because I don't want them to have that voodoo of, of winning the presidents. So if they don't win the presidents this year, there's a good chance they win the cup because they could be in a situation like Washington was. The the year everyone thought they were going to win the cup, they won the presidents, they were fucking dominating, and then they got wrecked, absolutely wrecked in the playoffs. And it just they, that was it. And then everyone was like, oh, I guess Ovechka's never going to win a cup. And then boom, they win it the next season. Pressure comes down. They didn't win the presidents. They didn't waste. All, I'm not gonna say waste, but they didn't use up a lot of their energy trying to win the, the president's trophy and get that. I know home ice advantage is an advantage, but like, how much of an advantage is it though? Like, like for you to gas yourself out throughout the season, is it worth it? I don't know, man. And I think the Florida Panthers are going to play around with that strategy a little bit this season because I feel like they felt like they got burnt out a little bit, and they want to focus more on the playoffs for sure because. And I think that goes for the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. And I think they've been doing that for the last... It's not like they they haven't been chasing the Presidents. They've been a top five team for the last few years here. As far as I know, they've been they've been up there. They've definitely been up there, Leafs. 
And uh, for me as a fan, and I hope that they're thinking this the same way that I am, is that we need to focus on playing like a playoff team. We need to win close games. We need to have more close games. And we need to be able to hold on to leads. We have to be able to learn how to play with a lead because the Leafs are so fucking bad at playing with a lead, it makes me fucking sick. No matter how many goals we have, it's literally gotten to the point we have to have three or more goals for me to feel comfortable enough that we can hold on to that lead. It's that it should not that is not how you build a Stanley Cup contender. That is not how a Stanley Cup contender can play. And the NHL is a little different now. It's not necessarily a one goal lead is that safe anymore even for the better defensive teams. I'd say you'd still want to have that two goal two goal cushion. Uh just for this this style of NHL that we're in right now, goal scoring is up. And all that shit, goaltenders, you know, it's just goalie, it's going up, the scoring, the thing, the thing's gone up. Um, What the fuck am I talking about? Scoring going up? Um, Fuck, what the hell am I talking about? God damn it, this is why sometimes I think I should have a producer. President's Trophy, is that what I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah, the Leafs. Yeah, I think they should put more emphasis on trying to play tighter hockey, playing in uncomfortable situations, and you have to learn this stuff. You have to learn, you have to play in uncomfortable situations. You cannot get comfy because playoffs are not comfortable. You will not be comfortable in the playoffs unless you're Colorado going against the Nashville Predators. That was kind of comfortable. Not very comfortable, but it was pretty comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I want the Florida and the Leafs to be more focused on playing like playoffs teams and not just going out there scoring as many goals as you as you can and playing as fast and crazy. Yes, it's very entertaining. I love watching it, but I'm at the point right now. I just want my Leafs to win a fucking round, okay? So play like a playoff team. Play smart. Play hard. Block more fucking shots. Okay, so let's get into the big one. The Stanley Cup. Who do I think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Well, this one I did a little research on. I went and looked at a couple of the cup odds just to, just to gauge gauge what's going on out there. So obviously, the Colorado Avalanche are the heavy favorites going into this season. They're the current defending Stanley Cup champions. Their team looks still very, very good, even though they lost Kadri, even though they lost their starting goaltender, blah, 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 blah. They're still the favorites. Um, some other teams were up there. I'm not going to, I just want to talk about the favorite, the favorite being Colorado. I'm not picking them. Yeah, I'm not picking them. Who do you think I'm going to pick? I think it's pretty obvious who I'm going to pick. I'm picking the Leafs, baby. Yep. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. I don't even care. I pick the Leafs every goddamn year. I pick them every fucking year. They're going to win this cup. And one of these times I'm going to be right. I'm going to be fucking right. Hopefully. You know, I, yeah, I could go on another 67 years of my life and they not win a cup again, and I can just keep saying every single, you know, I'm not going to be an idiot. If they're in a rebuild mode, I'm going to be, oh, they're going to win a cup. But they're content. They're in contender mode right now, so they're a contender. They could. If Murray can get it going, if, if Murray can find his playoff goaltender when we get to the playoffs, if we make it to the playoffs, all that, there's a, there's a lot going up in the air this season for the Leafs. There's a lot, a lot of pressure for the Leafs. Which, again, I think plays against them. But the pressure is always extremely high in Toronto, even when we suck. It's like, you guys have to suck the best or we don't get the best draft pick. And then you got to pick the best players or we're, and all that shit. And I mean, rightfully so. The Leafs have had a terrible draft his- history. They've traded away a, a ridiculous amount of first-rounders that have become legends, Hall of Famers, Stanley Cup winners, yada, yada, yada. 
trading away prospects that become Hall of Fame goaltenders, Tukarask, and so many more. But um, yeah, dude, I think the Leafs could very well... Me, I'm just waiting for, like, what I think could happen is, like, the Leafs just need that first-round win, and then who fucking knows, man? Like, I think the momentum that the Leafs could build off of a first-round win, the, the, the relief that could leave that the shoulders of that team, the, the ghosts that would be eradicated from the minds of the players, the memories, the, the horrible memories of losing over and over and over again in the first round will finally be lifted. And all of a sudden, they feel 10 pounds lighter. They're skating faster. They're getting it. They're understanding finally what it takes to become a Stanley Cup champion. And I hope they were taking notes, a lot of notes, when they played the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because what they saw in that series, what I saw in that series, was without a shadow of a doubt, the way you win Stanley Cups. And the way that Tampa played, that is without a doubt why they win Cups. Why they've won cups, why they're going to win more cups is because they have the mentality of winners. They will do whatever it takes. There is no fucking thing that's going to stop them. There's going to be no complaining. There's going to be no whining about this or this happened and oh, this is no excuses. It doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the day, excuses are excuses and results are results. Excuses are worthless. I don't give a fuck about their excuses. I didn't even want to hear the words coming out of those players' mouths when they were eliminated yet again in Game 7, and the second I heard an excuse come out of Mitchell Marner's mouth, I turned it off and I said, no, no excuses. There are no excuses anymore. Absolutely none. Hockey is a extremely luck-based game. It is very unpredictable. Anything can happen. Any team can happen. Two years ago, the Montreal Canadiens were in the Stanley Cup final. Anything can happen in this game. Even the Leafs winning a Stanley Cup. And I believe wholeheartedly the Leafs can do it this season. Matthews and Marner are good enough. Tavares still has it. He's not declining. Even though people think he is, he still had an excellent season last year. Our defensive core is good enough. I think it is, it is up there. If, if Muzzin can stay healthy, if Lilligren can take an extra step, if we can play for Giordano and get him that fucking cup, get Spezza that cup because he's not a player no more, but he's still involved. Let's get this motherfucker a cup. We couldn't get it done for him as a player. You failed that man, and you owe it to him to get him that ring. God damn it. I don't want Jason Spezza to go his career without a ring. That motherfucker deserves it. And almost everybody on that team deserves it right now. And I want them to have it. Toronto deserves it. Our, our fans deserve it. Come on. I don't even care, man. Like, yes, I will admit, Leaf fans are extremely annoying. I know this. And I try to pride myself on being a... I try to be as as calm and collected as a, a Leaf fan as I can be to try and change the stigma on our Leaf fans. Because, you know, honestly, we have a lot of bandwagoners. We have a lot of fake fans. People that don't watch hockey, don't know hockey. They're just going with the popular thing. Whatever. And yeah, there are hardcore fans out there that are complete fucking psychopaths that will say the craziest shit. And absolutely, they're out there. I don't... I absolutely... I don't blame people for hating the Leafs. I don't blame people for hating Leaf fans. I take it with, with, with grace when I am chirped as a Leaf fan. I laugh. I love them. I love a good Leaf joke. I am a good sport. 
I wasn't, you know, I definitely wasn't back in the day, but I've grown. I've, I've calloused over the years. I've been a Leaf fan for 20 years, 20 hard years. They have not been very good years for me. And there's been a lot of chirping and I've become hardened to that and I enjoy it. I, my friend Kyle will send me uh, things that he sees on Twitter of people just torching the Leafs and we have a chuckle. We have a little giggle. It's fucking hilarious to me. I love that shit. Now, honestly, yeah, I wish other teams in the league got more coverage. I wish other players in the league got more coverage than the Toronto Maple Leafs. But that's the fact of the matter, man. Canadians love their hockey. Torontonians, people in Ontario love the Leafs. They love to talk about the Leafs. They love everything about the Leafs. They want more, more about the Leafs, the Leafs, the Leafs, the Leafs. But, you know, I wish it was as even across the board as, as, as for all the teams. But that's just not how business works. That team makes so much more money than every other team. So they get the coverage. That's just how it fucking works. People are more engaged. You put up a video that has Leafs in the title, it'll get 10 times more views than if it had Arizona in the title because no one gives a fuck about Arizona. Look where they're playing this year. Fucking in front of 4,000 people. Anyway, I think the Leafs have what it takes, have it. Uh, well, I mean, have what it takes. I mean, that's hard to say after what I've seen over the last fucking 20 years, but I just have to keep believing, you know what I mean? Got a belief. I think they could do it, man. If we have, if they don't get it done, they don't get it done. It happens, but I think with the amount of experience they've been gaining, yes, I wish they've gotten a little bit more experience with a couple more series that we could have gotten. We've gotten so close so many times. Every time it goes to game seven and it's a tail, it's a flip of the coin at that point and we get fucking heads every goddamn time and it's always tails. We never ever get it. But at some point we got to make it. It's it's happened before. I know it's been a long time and people may have forgotten. Yes, the Leafs have actually gotten out of the second round. They've actually won 13 Stanley Cups in their history, believe it or not. Yeah, the last one they won was in 67 when my dad was seven years old. And I was so far from existence, it's not even funny. But, um, yeah. I mean, I think I don't even know if there was color tele- television at the time when the Leafs won the Cup. So, I think it's time. Let's get a Cup. I just want a cup in Canada for the most part. That's more or less what I want, just a cup back in Canada. I want Can- Canadians to actually, you know, have have some leverage over the Americans because they have dominated the game, at least their teams have, in the NHL since 1993, the year I was born. The last time a Canadian team fucking won a cup. And it was Montreal. So, yeah. I think the Flames should have won it in 04. I think Edmonton should have beat fucking Carolina. I think... Well, no, I didn't really want Ottawa to beat the Ducks that year, but they could have. And a cup could have came to Canada so many times now, but it just hasn't. I'm desperate for it. I want it so bad. What do you guys think? And obviously, there's one more award to give out. The Con Smythe will go to Big Poppy, Austin Matthews, Mr. Sanchez, Mr. Senior. He will put up 38 points in a 26-game performance run in the playoffs he will have 25 goals it will be a dominating one of the greatest performances ever put on in the stanley cup playoff history and it'll be austin matthews raising the con smythe raising the stanley cup raising his big old puffy mustache that he grew out in his playoff run (gasps) oh it would be so sweet Anyway, so yeah, that is my predictions for the awards for this season. Your Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup this year. Laugh at me all you want. I don't give a fuck. If they're if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care. I've been wrong for the last 20 years. So yeah, um, I think the Leafs will win. And they're going to go up against the... 
who in the finals on the West, it could be Colorado, but fuck it. I just want it to be Edmonton. I want it to be an all-Canadian final. McDavid versus Matthews. Just please give it to me. Actually, I'd be totally fine if it was if it was uh, Avalanche as well. Give me Matthews versus McDavid versus McCarr versus Riley versus Marner. I want it. I just want to see the Leafs. I just want that for me, man. I just want more Toronto Maple Leaf playoff hockey. Seven games a year is not enough. It's not enough. I want more. I've been deprived. There was a nine-year gap where we got no playoff games for a long time. So I think technically, in all, I've seen 7, 14, 21, 28, 30, maybe 42 playoff games in my whole history as a Leaf fan. And that is disgustingly low. I want more, please. So... Let's do it, Toronto. Let's get it fucking done. Let's make it into the playoffs. Let's have a nice, thick run. Let's get Sandine signed. Let's get someone traded and get someone better in. And 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 do the thing, Dubis. And Matt Murray and 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 Sam Sonov are gonna be. They're gonna win the William N. Jennings. They're gonna they're they're gonna be nominated for the Vezina. They won't win it, but they'll be nominated. It'll be in the top five or ten. There you go. That is my predictions for this episode. And I want to, I would love to hear your guys' prediction. Who do you think are going to be the Stanley Cup winners? Who do you think is going to win the Rocket? Who's going to win the Norris? Who's going to win the Art? Who's going to win all the awards? What do you think? You're going to have better predictions than me? You're going to out, you're going to out predict me? I don't think so, wise guy. Who do you think you is? Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hope you're having a good week. I know it's Wednesday. Wednesdays suck. It's hump day. You probably got a few more days to work, but you're getting closer to the weekend. It's almost here. And guess what's on the weekend? More GX Hockey Plus casts. You get a wrestling one on Saturday and you get a gaming one on Sunday. Oh, baby, I'm very excited for the gaming one. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll be announcing it on Twitter, which game I'm doing. I have, my, I have it all done. It's ready. I just got to go and record it, and I'll be doing that today but not right now because i'm gonna go smoke some weed and go to fucking bed because it's four goddamn 30 in the morning so hopefully you guys are having a good week hopefully this helps you get through your day a little bit better i hope i'm helping you guys out i hope you like listening to my horrible voice i hope you find me somewhat entertaining and if you do fucking hit that like thing the star rate the podcast tell your friends about it if you enjoyed if you know a buddy or two that likes some of these topics that i talk about fucking tell them please that would be so awesome i'd love to have a little bit of a community situation going on here go follow us on twitter start getting involved with the community talk about hockey with me talk about wrestling talk about video games with me i'm over there man i like to talk if you can't tell i can talk for i just talked for an hour and 18 goddamn minutes straight and i haven't even taken one goddamn sip of water and i haven't even smoked a bowl yet so what the fuck i don't know where i'm getting this energy from at 4 30 in the goddamn morning but yes i hope my energy is flowing into you my friends i hope you're enjoying it uh, keep expecting more, baby. We're going to keep this thing rolling. We're going to keep, I'm going to keep pumping out as many of these podcasts as I can per week. I'm still going to be trying for three a week. It's so far so good. I think I can handle it not falling behind at all. And, um, yeah, also swing by my YouTube channel while you're down in the description where all the links are. Go over there on YouTube. I'm playing Disco Elysium right now. I'm having a blast playing that game. Very funny game, very awesome game. If you haven't heard about it, go over to my channel and check it out. You'll probably love it. If you're if you don't fall in love with the story right away, then you're probably a gremlin or something. So don't feed yourself after midnight and have yourselves a lovely day. And I'll see you guys soon.